Oh, welcome to the Post Wild World podcast. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Post World podcast, second episode uh, to our future listeners, because this is not being streamed live. Uh, I want to say that uh, the video version it's available on YouTube, but from now it's uh, the audio version it's also available on Spotify and Anchor FM. Today we are with my personal friend, Alex Wildanima. Thank you very much for being here. Hi. One of the hottest <laughs> I'm days. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, it's actually really hot <laughs> <laughs> out Thanks. there. Usually yeah. here in the city, when it's this hot, everyone runs to the lake or something. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Alex, mm. you are music producer, but you are also, I could say, multimedia artist. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm a music producer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'm, um, yeah, I guess I produce electronic music. Uh, I'm a sound artist, kind of. But not only sound, <laughs> right? I mean, you yeah. use a multiple of media, let's say, in your works. Yeah. You use objects and you do rituals and we don't have to spoil too much, but <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting to me how was the journey, you know, that mm. ended up like this, you know, how it started Oof. for you in a way. Wow, wow, yeah. <laughs> the journey, the journey. Yeah, it is a journey. Um, you mean um, how, how, like, how I'm right here right now? <laughs> yeah, how um, are you right here right now doing this special work you do that from my side doesn't only involve sound you know yes it involves a lot of different media even non-tangible media you could say totally totally when when you were citing all the things i use you said you don't want to spoil too much but <laughs> I, I immediately wanted to say and i use my heart <laughs> yes um, i kind of like to say i use my heart a bit like a synthesizer yes <laughs> Because um, I'm kind of fascinated. I've, I've always been, it's something I've always felt and I didn't really place it in the heart before or I didn't uh, really know what it was, but I've always uh, been connected to the, um, to this kind of energy that we can feel as a group in a room. And um, yeah, it's a big topic. <laughs> It's a big topic, but, uh, yeah. But, uh, but that is, I guess, that is the seed, you know? It's the seed of everything. And um, so I say I use it a bit like a synthesizer, not in a sound-wise way, yeah. but more in an um, energetic way. Yeah. Um, you also talk a lot, a lot about healing, let's say, something of the world that needs to be healed through <laughs> this... <laughs> synthesizer heart, let's say. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Which is already pretty <laughs> complex because it mm. involves not only, let's say, usual music techniques or concepts, but mm. also a very intense, let's say, uh, emotional, um, sens sensorial work. Um, and I can definitely feel that in your music, okay. but I know uh, because of your performances and so it involves so much more, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um. what what is <laughs> what is it for you in like general aspects? What needs to be healed, let's say. Right. Um, yeah, I want to rewind a little bit. Yeah. That um, 
It's not like I'm I own the right of healing whoever or whatever. Of course. But uh, it's more like um, the healing aspect has always been part of what I do. So it's more like it's like uh, something people describe as what I do as healing. Hmm. It's not necessarily something I want to do that is mm -hmm. healing, but it's it's like yeah, it's as it is. <laughs> it seems yeah, to I be can healing. Say, <laughs> I can say from the perspective of a musician or producer that had played live and had had also this, had had also this, let's say, extra musical experiences that you have when you're in the same room with the spectators and mm -hmm. something special mm -hmm. happens, you know. There's yeah. a lot for club music also uh, about it because it's so exactly. obviously physical, but you don't, you don't do exactly club music, so... Yeah, but I'm very, very inspired actually by club music. <laughs> How come? That is the seed actually that brought me to electronic music because mm -hmm. I actually initially wanted to be a DJ. That was really the, the push uh, when I was uh, not that young, like I was kind of 18, 19. Uh, previous to that, I was more into like, let's say rock music, stuff like that. And I had like a total uh, kind of epiphany about uh, electronic music and like uh, the early Daft Punk music. Okay. I come from Paris and France. Yeah. It was kind of big and um, I don't know, it just opened a part in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> which probably was connected to my heart's brain too. But uh, it really opened my mind and um, I started understanding music like I understand people. <laughs> it was like a, a language. And I thought yeah. at the same time I was studying music in high school and we were studying this piece, electro-acoustic mu uh, music so piece. You have, <laughs> let's say, formal uh, musical education. Kind of. As a kid, I had the, like, yeah, the classical guitar um, but um, um, then in high school, I just took music because I knew I was because uh, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I actually wanted to do this as a technical studies, but um, kind of like my father was like, "No, you go to the proper study." <laughs> <laughs> actually, that was very frustrating. I yeah, uh, and uh, mm. but I still took a class in music, and we studied this um, electroacoustic piece which was called The Fullness of Emptiness by a Chinese female composer called Chu Yi. And that was just the before this Daft Punk moment, yeah. this club music moment. So it's a mix of this yeah, kind of more, um, I wouldn't say classical, but contemporary, conceptual use yeah. of sound to yeah, express. More inside the academic yeah. story, let's say, and not so close to popular culture in a way. As well, it's a mix because of so many things. Because electroacoustic music is yeah. more academic, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally, uh, you totally. You need the music to be written down. Yeah. It has to have already, a, um, let's say, a script, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally, because it's uh, played in an or orchestra. Yeah, and I know um, with uh, friends or older friends um, that uh, are electroacoustic, like, uh, educated. Yeah. They have always this prejudgment with the kind of approach I had, for example, to electronic music production, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, outside from the um, from the technique, let's say, from the yeah, education, like 
proper. Even for electroacoustic music, there's a canon, you know, and there's a structure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You might be surprised, though, how many uh, dance music producers have learned um, electroacoustic music. I've I met know a some. lot of them. I know some, and they're definitely more capable than me, technical-wise, to achieve yeah. what they want when yeah. they... Yeah, you might be surprised how, how, how many there are, actually. And so, like, the path, so then <laughs> there was this, like, Daft Punk moment, uh, which I was still in France. How old were you? Nine, 18, 19. Okay. Was the first years I used to come to Berlin as well. Okay, but yeah. you were not living in the UK yet. No, so that just okay. before, um, yeah. I had kind of a, yeah, yeah, very, um, actually a very spiritual moment uh, mm -hmm. at that time. I kind of went through a, a death. I changed my name. <laughs> okay. And uh, um, Like an identity yeah. self-inflicted. Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, I see it also like... Um, Oh, it's a mix of so many, so many things. There's like a queer aspect. Yeah. There's like a spiritual aspect. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of things. But so I had this Daft Punk and dance music phase. And um, yeah, I had this moment where I, I really went through this kind of death. And um, in one week, I left my whole life <laughs> and went to live to move to Bristol, UK. And this is when you moved to Bristol. Yeah, and um, I went full on into all kinds of um, dance music genres, uh, big time. I was attracted to Bristol originally for the um, trip hop scene, yeah. of course. Of course. Portishead and uh, Massive Attack. Yeah. We know we share this taste. <laughs> I think teardrop is a uh, is like everyone's. Uh, yeah, actually top we five. met. <laughs> actually we met at an exhibition yeah. where you were playing, and I think you made a cover of teardrop. Of teardrop, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I really wanted to honor that song. It's been in at very special times in in my life where. Um, it's just very special, and uh, I actually don't really like covers that much. But I, I needed to make a cover of that one. <laughs> so yeah, Bristol, and then uh, I discovered the, um, the whole Warp sound, Warp re course. records, yeah. uh, Aphex Twin, Plaid, yes. Otaker, Square Pusher. Everything. <laughs> the whole thing, I was just binging on that all the time. And of course, drum and bass. So uh, Bristol has the most amazing parties. Like It's like a Kreuzberg. <laughs> and um, it, uh, really special. I've never been to any parties like I've been in Bristol because Bristol is such a, um, it's like a little ecosystem mm -hmm. and it's so nice that people don't get out of Bristol Okay. <laughs> so much. Well, it was a long time ago now. Maybe it's changed. Bristol. 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 I, my uh, <laughs> British accent is not... <laughs> Bristol. <laughs> Bristol is like the... Really? Is the, okay. Yeah. Even in the drizzle, even in the drizzle, people stay high in Bristol. <laughs> it's like a high. <laughs> Sounds very cheered up. <laughs> yeah. I like it. It's awesome, Bristol. Yeah. So, yeah. So to come back to this uh, magnetic, <laughs> yeah, magnetic stuff. Um, in those parties, I really um, and even UK festivals are very very special. I find. Um, there is something really special about, um, yeah, being in a group 
and the relationship of performer or DJ or yeah musicians and and the crowd and and the relationship between people in the crowd and 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 the relationship with the place itself um, this whole combination for me is like um, yeah super cosmic let's just say it yeah <laughs> because you said you had like a life changing moment that you went through a death you said yeah and then you re did you rename yourself yeah, in I this did. moment because names yeah uh, had a lot to do with this process transformations of identity or stage of identity you exactly. know and there are ways in which you can like um, uh, cast yourself a spell of transformation you know and be more or less the the owner of this you know change or so yeah uh, no i was wondering because of course <laughs> i want to talk about your artist name yes you know yes. i was wondering <laughs> when did this start even so wow, and it has if it had to do some way with this uh, um, moment like turning point you were talking uh, about yes but in a really non-linear way because of course <laughs> totally because um my wild anima which really yes. feels like my name even friends call me wild or wild anima or anima um, that came much later. Okay. <laughs> now we're talking Bristol 2008. Yeah. While Danima came in 2015. Okay, it's not so okay because we know um, uh, uh, since two years. Yeah, 2019, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I didn't <laughs> know for how long did you have this? Uh, I had wild, wild for anima. a long time. Wild. Wild. wild so Just it's wild. always been there. Well, like it was like. Um, actually had a, a solo project a very ambient experimental called Curo Sounds <laughs> okay uh, when I was in Bristol and I also lived in Devon in the countryside yeah and um, then I started this like I, I don't know I needed to kind of connect with my family and smaller brothers and sisters and yeah. I created the Wild Fox Collective <laughs> nice so that's where Wild started okay and then while I was still in Bristol, I met a friend which, with whom we did a, a dream pop duo that was Wild and the Fox. Dream? My friend, uh, okay. friend uh, Alexis Domery and okay. his brother Lucien, um, who are now called Cosmosuna. Okay. Yeah, we had a, a little band for a year, which feels like five years actually. It was really amazing. Uh, we were touring in England and, and France a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that was Wild and the Fox, and then um, I had a yeah, pretty um, difficult time in my life, uh, personal life. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> and um, the band kind of uh, dismantled. Okay. It wasn't possible for me to continue, and but Wild was still there. And um, The feeling, you mean? <laughs> yeah, Wild was always there. <laughs> And I actually, um, I had started studying <laughs> at that time, like in 2014, I went to study really university. late. Yeah. What did you study? So music. And Excellent. Um, okay. um, it's called um, composition assisted by, com computer assisted composition. Wow, sounds, <laughs> sounds very sober very and very, yeah. <laughs> I didn't actually finish, I moved to Berlin before finished that of course but um i also studied philosophy before that when i was in uk just you started philosophy as a career 
I studied philosophy uh, kind of like I was living in the UK and I needed uh, health insurance. So <laughs> I decided I would study. If I had to study, you know, I, I thought oh, I'm going to study philosophy. And yeah, actually, I feel like this is behind all of my art. It's philosophy. Of I'm, course. I'm a philosopher. Yeah. But I don't like to say I'm a philosopher <laughs> because actually yeah. it like, takes it out. No, but I understand. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> things I have studied that ne kind of never helped me in a practical way in life. Mm. Sometimes I curse, even I regret my decisions. But because of reading philosophy, philosophy did something that therapy or a lot of things that you could try to help you with these transitions uh, didn't do, you know? Mm. And they are really uh, behind also everything yeah, I yeah, do, yeah. you know? Um, so I can understand that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a lot of... R it's like this good old thing, the, the philosopher doesn't live the life he preaches, you know? There's something about no, that. Yeah. No? Uh, there's, um, <laughs> there's a philosopher from Argentina uh, called Thomas Abraham. He specializes in the life of the philosophers. Mm. And he says the life, a uh, he has a book, it's called Philosophical Lives. And he says a philosophical life is not the life of a philosopher, but it's a life that needed to develop a certain philosophy to survive. Yes. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Now we're starting. <laughs> 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 go, go. <laughs> boom, boom. Speed it out. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I, for me, something I could never do, I think, I, st I kind of tried now online, academic um, music education. I always had the prejudgment because since I always had this total yeah, yeah. emotional feelings-based approach, with most cases were limiting. It was limiting because I didn't have the technical tools to. But I had the fear that if I would learn them, I would yeah. lose this I let's say well. more emotional approach, you know. And actually, uh, would you would really like music studies. <laughs> I like it, I, no? Because I, it's kind yeah. of nerdy. I realized <laughs> it's awesome, like some of it. Some of it is, yeah, you know, what people think of the musicology. Yeah. Uh, but some of it is amazing, like, because you have so many subjects in different classes, like the philosophy of music. That's how I found my name, in a philosophy of music yeah. class. Which is art, art this is a branch of art philosophy, let's say. Yeah, I yeah, totally, say. with a it amazing like teacher. <laughs> Yeah, I really want to talk about this teacher. It's called uh, Leo Larbi. Actually, he was like, I think, not much older than me because I started late and he must have been like a PhD student mm -hmm. or something. And uh, oh, his classes were like amazing. They were like music <laughs> yeah. and very, very profound and you would have loved them. Yeah. Really talking about um, very subtle things about soul and sound concepts in philosophy but like real concepts you mm -hmm. know not just like flying stuff and um, I was kind of daydreaming in his class and um, uh, <laughs> he mentioned um, um, a philosopher um, Saint Augustine's quote uh, mm -hmm. distantia wanimi okay which is um, from the Middle Ages probably no yeah hmm. 
Yeah, and then he. Um, that means the um, tearing of the soul. Okay. And at the same time, it's kind of a crazy combination. At the same time, because I have crazy mind, like I, <laughs> I'm in many places at the same time. So I was like, I was like, I need to find my name, <laughs> like wild, wild animal, wild animal, and like the distancio animi created wild anima. What's anima? And I typed it on my laptop, and it was like, that's exactly what I want to express. Carl Jung's anima, I had no idea of this concept. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a category, it's a concept from uh, Jung that is a philosopher and psychologist. Exactly, that um, anima is the uh, creative feminine part in men. I love it. And uh, I was like, wow, that was huge. <laughs> like a it's still binary, it's still binary, let's say, but it was many decades ago, so it's still progressive <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course it is of course and um but Jung i don't i don't uh, you know strictly put myself in that concept of course and anima means so many things now I yeah think. but um and what was it exactly the category of uh, anima because i i'd never studied it i don't know it i never studied either ah, but, but uh, for young it's the creative feminine part in men ah okay it's directly that yeah yeah and the animus is the creative masculine part in women. I, re I read, I think at your web or at an article, that is the raw <laughs> state of nature sleeping inside all of us. Yes. The intimate part of our living essence. That's my own definition ah, of nice. wild animal. That's your definition of animal, let's say. Wild animal, Which yeah. is wild The, the anima. wild okay. soul, yeah. Because... <laughs> We were talking about this approach, external from the only technical approach or academic approach and so to producing music. Mm -hmm. And in your case, I think it coexists in your music, like there's something very um, linguistic, like literally, like mm -hmm. in the lyrics, you know, and so, but also something very pre-linguistic that is working, you know, that it has to do with the pure emotional state. Wow, I love that. Thank you. So uh, yeah, it's very special to hear it from someone else. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> it makes something like a baroque construct, you know, because okay. they are really coexisting at the same time. And because the lyrics are talking about it, but also yeah, if yeah, you yeah. didn't understand the lyrics yeah. or the lyrics weren't there, also the yeah. music is working in like a parallel subconscious, let's say. Yeah, yeah, because I, I work really with energy. Mainly mm. the, the prima matera, like, <laughs> is the energy, so my, my thing is intention. What's the intention I'm putting out in the room? And that, later I learned that um, comes from using our hearts as a, as a transmitter and also as a kind of oscillator to receive information. Yeah. That I learned really recently, uh, since 2018. I had a huge, huge awakening. <laughs> it's a proper the awakening. The second one. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, that was like the, the second big one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a real awakening on the... I still am in that, like, after... This thing, heart bang thing, effect, thing, Trying to understand what It I sounds understood. like uh, this heart thing synth can be used also to make in drum and bass 
beats. Yes, know? exactly. <laughs> and it sounds a lot of times uh, like it. Totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, I had the... I, I think maybe yeah. there was something there working. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole process. Even like when I was a kid, I had the... <laughs> I used to go to McDonald's with my father and I, I got this mini disc with like... Um, this 90s dance music this yeah. is this is everything that's where it began <laughs> put the disc and like rave on my own of course <laughs> that's ah oh, yeah exactly that's like because i lived um in suburbs of paris you know i didn't yeah. i didn't grow up in nature at all like most people think i'm like yeah from the wild yeah i'm from the wild inside like exactly the nature <laughs> for me was these moments where i was like really wild child like dancing and I was really digging the wilderness inside yeah. my my body. Yeah, I my can emotions. understand. I come from a very very urban, yeah, like exactly uh, urban, like cement, uh, jungle city. Same. And if it wasn't because I was going with the Boy Scouts on the weekends oh, yeah. to the <laughs> kind of forest, you can say it's not <laughs> forest like here. Uh, if it wasn't for that, like my contact with nature would have been close to none. You know. Actually, yeah, it was kind of like a crazy. Um, <laughs> split because in the summers I would go to Greece where my parents are from. Yeah, you are half Greek. I'm half fully, uh, fully Greek. Ah, you are fully Greek. Born in France. Okay. I'm full blood. <laughs> polemic though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not Greek. I, I, okay. I'm proud to say I'm Greek. Yeah. But um, I'm, I don't really speak Greek. I, I can. Yeah. But uh, I have like a blockage with that. But I like to sing in Greek. Nice. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely not a Greek girl. Like, but I think Greeks would be like, ah, oh, she's Greek. Come on, yeah. <laughs> I'm French Greek. Yeah. 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 But um, so I would go to Greece and spend time with my grandmother, grandmothers, um, and like almost no electricity, chickens in the village, you know, <laughs> the toilet wow. outside. Uh, my grandma was living in a house where she had a cave on the back where she would go and wash herself, like yeah. no fridge. Wow. No, there must have been fridges, but there was still this old school. It was you your know. impression of it, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like compared to the uh, which par year Paris was this? flat. This was when I was ki a kid, I don't know, like between uh, before 97, 97, okay. I'll be 10. So, yeah, the 90s. I'm what, a 90s child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 90s child. Yeah. Like dance hits child. Yeah. We were imagining how uh, how people would actually would dance to this music. We didn't Be know. from <laughs> desire. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, that kind of stuff. So, we were at your second uh, awakening. <laughs> Do you so that's, that's Berlin. Berlin. That's like ah, now. Okay. That but is this now. is recent. I Very mean, recent, but I mean, also like no. huge. Yeah. Yeah. 2018, that. 18. The awakening, the heart. But thing. when you came to live to Berlin. 16, uh, 17. Okay. I, I actually so I was studying this m music in Paris, yes. um, and I had a gig uh, with Female Pressure. There was a Female Pressure party, and I just said, "Hey, can I play?" I was still in Paris. Yeah. Female Pressure is um, yes. a kind of rooster index of uh, f uh, feminine and LGBTQ self-represented <laughs> uh, artists, especially in the areas of electronic music and yeah. I think also visual, yeah, like yeah, visuals yeah. and so. Yeah, any professionals in the music industry. And you are, you are there since 2016. Uh, uh, female pressure? No, yeah. even before like 2013. 
I I mean I'm there. I'm connected to it. It's a network. It's a network. Yeah. So um, I've I've known it from 2013. So I was in the database. I'm not so active with it right now. Yeah. But I uh, think it was. I have been. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's very interesting though because it's still a topic. It's still a thing like in many other areas, but since our yes. area is more or less electronic arts and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is very representative of it. Yeah, and it's a very amazing network. Um, yeah, so from that moment where I, I was, I was like, there was this party, I think there was Loop in Berlin. There what is the festival? Loop, Ableton Loop. I don't know. Oh, it's like, you don't know? <laughs> I think I don't know. <laughs> you must know Loop. Yeah. It's like a huge Ableton festival, Loop. Yeah. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, fine. I use Ableton but this you, Ableton for you, you must know it, but it just I have doesn't. Like a human tool relationship. I don't yeah, follow yeah, yeah, like yeah. A Ableton. Events. No, me neither. But yeah, so I didn't know Loop when there was okay. this. So there was. But it's interesting loop. as an event. Uh, yeah, I think it's amazing. Loop. People have told me it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so it's a kind of like CTM, but Ableton kind of. Okay. So. There was this party with like people from everywhere who came to Loop, like from the States and everything, but tiny party in Loop Hall. And they all play with like with uh, Ableton. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, but it was a female pressure, it wasn't Loop. Actually, it wasn't in I the I festival. I saw it on your past um, <laughs> uh, gigs. Gigs, yeah. I was researching you. Ah, we only know each other like on a friend's yeah, basis, yeah, yeah. but yeah. of course I had to go a bit more journalist course, research yeah. this time. Uh, so, bref, <laughs> um, there was this party and I came, it was in November 2016, and I played here, and I said, what, what, the, what the hell am I doing in Paris, like, <laughs> and I, yeah. You I were not comfortable in I Paris. I just left everything again. No, not in the same way, I just like, I can't finish my degree, I just like... I'm not a I'm not an academic I'm <laughs> a performer so yeah. I left uh, I came to Berlin in 2017 not thinking that I would move here just because um, it's like a mecca for me <laughs> 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 I've been coming here since 2008 and um, okay so it's a city that's yeah it has a lot of emotional I intensity I must say because it's creative of the rest for me it's the creative temple it's my creative temple it's always it changed a lot though, but I understand the feeling of course when you live in Berlin it's very different but um, as a visitor it was always like very creative and I have so many friends here. If I go to Paris now, I like, don't have friends. I don't no know. No friends whatsoever. People I, that I, watch me I have me some go. friends <laughs> and I love them very much. Okay. But um, it's really not the same here. It's like abundance of amazing minds that I'm connected to without effort. Without, like, I don't do any effort to have this like, network of awesomeness. You feel is that, is that a contrast from Paris to here? Yeah, I don't know world. why. It's just my also my way of being and yeah. for you especially. Okay. Yeah, so I moved to Berlin, and like came to Berlin and um, just stayed in Airbnbs and and met amazing people and I played in another kind of female related. It's not female pressure, but uh, it's it people who belong who are part of the network mm -hmm. who used to have this meetup. Berlin yeah. meetup for um, trans non-binary female artists. Mm -hmm. 
and that was really, really important. And I really thank um, Anya Milacheral, who connected me to um, an amazing label collective that it doesn't exist anymore, Elestial Sound from Florida. Okay. <laughs> and it really connected me to my scene, which is also in Berlin. But um, yeah, I went in, it eventually went there to Florida and it's like a little Berlin. Ah, there. right, I saw you were in Florida. Yeah, in Gainesville, it's like a little Berlin. People are so wow. cool. Yeah, there's like loads of like tiny synths and like... I was listening, like Berlin was kind of uh, Germany's Florida, but not in a good way, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, Like yeah, in a yeah, weird yeah. way. Yeah, Florida is really <laughs> weird. In my <laughs> sense, it's not because I've seen a really cool part side of it. But uh, everyone tells me Florida is really weird. <laughs> but... Um, I really like it. Like the people I know, I met my best friends uh, through these tours, like tiny tours of uh, independent, self-made, <laughs> self-booked. Yeah. I started DIY. to have a network, like in in Central Europe and a little bit in the States. I've also got connected to the looping community, where I played in uh, Santa Cruz. That's also amazing crew. I love them so much, especially. The people who come from Mexico, there's a lot of people in that crew, um, run the Loop Fest. Um, and uh, yeah, I started really understanding that, yeah, my scene, that kind of, um, yeah, we haven't really described the music I make yet, but <laughs> 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 kind of like, yeah, singer-songwriter, but also electronic and... Uh, but your music inspires... Performative. It has to do with where we were speaking before your music inspires very good very creative writing i have to say mm -hmm. um because i'm interested in uh, arts writing and writing for music is dif difficult um okay and i i was uh, thinking the the uh, reviews i read from your music they were all very <laughs> you can tell they were inspired you yeah know? right uh, <laughs> Yeah, which says a lot about how this music works without having to be... Because um, it's very ambient. Uh, yeah, I have yeah. many... I do many genres in the ambient spectrum, let's say. I'm an ambient artist, pop, experimental... Sean Cage, uh, <laughs> Devote. <laughs> huh? I mean, you're uh, Sean Cage, you have like an altar with Sean Cage. <laughs> photo. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Who would be my ambient guru? Yeah. I don't know, the whales. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> My real ambient gurus. Yeah, and uh, Berlin. So you moved to Berlin, and it was. So <gasps> in the end, I really, really moved to Berlin in October 2020. <laughs> That's my real official really? Berlin move. Okay. But I've been in Berlin since 2017 because I was traveling everywhere. I was going. I did a residency in um, Latvia, in Riga, in no, in like a, a tiny village in Latvia. Then a, a residency in Iceland. That is a huge step for me. It opened right. a lot of things. That's where I thought you were from Iceland. <laughs> you did. Met. You thought <laughs> I was from Iceland for ages, no? <laughs> yeah, because the artist of the <laughs> exhibition you were playing in was from Finland. <laughs> But I was okay. She's yeah. from Finland, but we met in Iceland, and, I have and this she thing, was exhibiting yeah. Iceland stuff. Yeah, I confuse Nordic countries uh, <laughs> aspects. You know, sometimes uh. I come from a very different place. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but it's funny actually <laughs> because we also talk about Bjork. Yes. You know, and so so in my head it yeah, stuck we like did, you yeah. were from Iceland. For me you were yeah. more you were grown in the woods, you know, playing yeah, the harp or something. I know, that's how a lot of people see me. <laughs> and it made sense even, because of even your the plants, mood. you know, I was like, let's put plants, but right, I'm, these plants are I'm here not actually a, a, like a, a plant girl. I'm not a plant girl in the first place. I just like, it, like the plants chose me and like people think I am this plant person. So they like kind of get inspired and become plant people. But like I'm not even like that. <laughs> it's well, really, really psychology interesting. Psychology works in weird ways, you know. I think the it's mind. also like the aura, this kind of like, yeah, yeah. I think people project on you, but like you project that as well. It's just like part of your being, not yeah. just your your body, but yeah. I don't know. I have some yeah Nordic. Yeah. Even like I, I would say circumpolar. Circumpolar but kind I of feel vibes. From our personal private conversations let's say we have very different reference systems still we always talk about the same thing right. and almost in the same tone you know we because do. Um, we really have the same, the same effect yeah. the same effect that this aura that your talk has yeah it also has the way social psychology works mm. you know and how interpersonal relationship works and so and from different sides you can interpret it the same effect, you know, which really happens, you know, and you can really relate to it, uh, which I find very interesting, I have to say. How mm -hmm. can you make this um, communication, even though you have different reference systems, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, and what's happening since you are really here? <laughs> well, 2020 was during the pandemic event, so aye, aye, aye. you were uh, leaving I France I might want to talk a little bit more about uh, Iceland and stuff. Okay. Because that's that's challenging to be honest. It's it's been for really sure. really and it's important we talk about it and we did meet for in me, this for challenging me it times fits, for it both fits of this, us. This uh, Icelandic Icelandic mm. a thing that already have in my brain with you, you know. So yeah, it's cool. I, I'd like to talk about what we mentioned before when you said the healing and uh, yes. like how that can uh, like has an I <laughs> impact. Yeah. On the whole, on the you whole worked, cosmos. <laughs> you worked on this on the residence you did on so Iceland. So I no? had this like awakening phase uh, just before preparing, preparing the Iceland residency. I was reading a really amazing book by uh, Stephen Howard Banner ca called "The Secret Teachings of Plants: The yeah. um, Intelligence of the bell. Heart." It rings a bell. Yeah. I tried to send it to you. It never arrived. I sent it twice. <laughs> For real? Yes. No. Ah, this is the <laughs> Amazon thing you were talking about yes. like two years ago. Yes. Okay. I have to find it. You have to read this, yeah. <laughs> it's really, really amazing. It's I amazing. I think book. someone stole it twice. Some Probably. neighbor wasn't like That's good though, they should read it too. <laughs> so, uh, I read this book and um, so this book talks, uh, this book talks very, very, very scientific way on how the the system electromagnetic uh, system works with the heart yeah and how uh, we can um, actually understand uh, the world around us the environment through that um, yeah well there are certainly proof of like that I mean yogis are able to control like the Oh yeah, uh, this is well. Heartbeat, uh, RPM, you know. So yeah. uh, there's definitely ways. Yeah, but it's not just that. It's like um, I've talked about it so many times right now. It's like 
but I, I want to tune into that because it's very special and um, like the way it's written it's just super scientific but it's also really poetic yeah it's like it's amazingly he written he's American okay but I think I don't know maybe it's I don't think he's native, but um, there's something about the native uh, wisdom, yeah, okay. native American wisdom. Um, in his um, maybe his partner might be something like that. Um, and actually, I um, I contacted him because in the end I used um, uh, sounds from his voice in the in the album that I came to 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 make, inspired by that called Alchemy, which is having a birthday. Oh, tomorrow, wow. <laughs> which we mixed together. Yeah, it's true. You were part of Alchemy. Yeah. You are part of the production. We mixed in this yeah. place. <laughs> Sadly, though, because I listened to an album from you today. It's yeah. much better mixed <laughs> than ours, I have to say. No, I sent yeah. it to a like studio. The one uh, that has the mirror that I'm always now on my head. Oh, really yeah, track. that's my friends from Paris. A liquid. <laughs> the Lion. This album lion is amazingly guys. mixed. It sounds so good. Which one? The liquids, liquid something, right? Liquids. <laughs> Water songs. <laughs> Water songs. What? No? Oh, the mirror. It uh, has a mirror yeah, on it. But yeah. the others are, the others I mixed like on my JBL speaker they sound amazing. in, in the they lockdown. Sound amazing. <laughs> wow. Really? Yeah, for reals. Better than the ones we mixed for months here. I have no, to say. they're good. I, I had them mastered in, a, in Asheville. A drop of Sun Studios, they're amazing people, uh, that, uh, Adam. And yeah, he said the mix was nice. Cool. So, <laughs> shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we? Yeah, so Iceland. Uh, yeah, so um, the whole awakening came to me because um, I had a, a, I met somebody that made me feel this like, um, I had a really cra crazy feeling. Like, hmm. uh, it was like I played a gig and like met someone and like, I don't know, I just met the person and felt this, this like, <laughs> this thing. And, and after I, I discovered the book, it was through a YouTube video that explained it. And I was like, oh, that's what it is, you know. What did it explain? This feeling and that's a feeling that I, I felt all my life um, and that I've been using in my shows and I didn't know how to name it. And okay. this book named it. It's the electromagnetic field of the heart. Um, Maybe it's the same way I could make music without knowing music. Yes. Maybe there are some of the two these tools I used without knowing, you yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. Intuitive intuition. Okay. Maybe it has to do with this uh, yeah. um, structure that exists, you know, beyond uh, language or yeah. uh, pre-language maybe. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a process of it's a spiritual life journey, and uh, so yeah. So the whole thing. Um, I more and more I feel like I actually shouldn't talk about it. It's just through the music and the performance that people actually get it. But <laughs> it's very hard to talk about what I'm it's trying to say. It's very difficult because you have to put in words things yeah. that have a totally different na nature. You yeah. Know? So I came I came up with this name alchemy, and I changed the. Yeah. Um, how you write it? Yeah, <laughs> I changed the spelling. Spelling <laughs> with a K to differentiate it from like the alchemy of like yeah. the science of alchemy. Yeah. But to to call these things that I I'm trying to explain the alchemy 
of the um, electromagnetic field of the heart who merges with the electromagnetic fi field of the planet Earth yeah. and how this connection is really, really healing. I really can't explain it how this for me is an awakening <laughs> yeah. and uh, very, very profound in my life uh, as how I live my life. And I think it should stay mysterious, actually. Yeah. And people should find, find point, out in their own way. At some point, you develop in your work, this inside your object of work, let's say, the part, the environment part, the ecology, let's say, oriented right. consciousness so part. So this has been for and a I long time. And I would like time. to talk about this, yeah. at least for the last part. Yes. Because it, it includes a lot in what you do, I think. And since totally. you were talking so that it wasn't yeah, yeah, your yeah. context when you were... Uh, yeah, and I was never like a eco person. <laughs> I was always into... I mean, I am definitely an eco person. I've always been, but um, I was never what calling myself... What is an myself, eco person? I was ne never calling myself... I'm an ecologist, blah, blah, blah. Um, I always loved nature and the wilderness. Uh, um, I never thought of myself as like this intellectual uh, like e ecology person but it came that um it was like coming out yeah <laughs> <laughs> that actually yeah I, yeah I am into that stuff and yeah i actually understood what this mean you know before it's like it's just a word ecology ecology and also i think it's something is becoming so serious that it's not even a topic right, that you could choose to be interested in people use it for it's business. really something that it's over it will Sickening. be overwhelming in the next years becomes, that we will yeah. have to change our the ways we live yeah. because of it so it's not even like the environmental environment environment uh, topic is not something you can choose to be interested in or not and i'm sure we will find out the yeah. next years how this goes you know yeah, because yeah. Uh, it's yeah. really um, a problem you yeah. know and since we are not changing uh, the way we are living yeah, then totally. it will develop forward no? yeah yeah absolutely and uh, so it's part uh, we are part of uh, we are part of the planet um, <laughs> like i'm not gonna repeat the same <laughs> stuff we hear all the time so um yeah, it's the ecology of emotions. That's um, exactly. This is term. something you worked on, no? That's really like very, very describes what I work with. Yeah, and it's a term that was birthed with my friend Alicia Arau, um, artist Lasha Gave. Yeah, which I met in Florida. Okay, we played with. Lives now lives in Los Angeles. Yeah, <laughs> really amazing scene there. You'd love it. They're really, really into I like go, plants yeah. and synths and really awesome like I not hollywood people at all it's like really like kreuzberg people <laughs> really lovely people kreuzberg yeah. is a weird slash poshy neighborhood in berlin i mean it's totally gentrified by sti but still uh, when i say kreuzberg i mean the creative berlin you know yeah <laughs> i mean yeah i mean yeah. what do you want to say schoenberg <laughs> no i mean no, kreuzberg is pretty Nikon is even gentrified, so... Yeah, that's why I mean, yeah, what but do you want to say? But we still use it because they still mean something when yeah. you say it, so yeah, yeah. I can understand it. Yeah, let's say. that's what I mean. So, yeah, so we came up uh, with that... Um, like we were having long email conversations about preparing the residency. She came with me. We made a film that we released recently called Hidden Eden. And it was a really amazing... Uh, 
she's a half Venezuelan. Um, so we both share this like mix of cultures growing up. Uh, me, French, Greek, her, um, American, Venezuelan. And actually have Venezuelan in my family as well. So it's like, really? yeah, wow. like my little brother has <laughs> his mom. And um, even have Austria in my family. Wow. It's a crazy family. <laughs> anyway. It's difficult to be a racist, no? When you have so many different <laughs> right. uh, identity uh, <laughs> yeah. complications. And now you talk about that. That's been a really a, a journey on our, on our ecology of emotion, like really respecting the, um, the land and the native people, especially yeah, in a, with, with the US, you know, like hmm. uh, especially mentioning that it's been really, really special. We've, we've also worked with a visual artist that is yeah. native, half native. Um, anyway, so ecology of emotion was um, something that came up through our emails, talking about how the landscape um, has an impact on us. And on, on this film, so the alchemy was about healing yeah. through the heart and the earth, this connection. And in a way, the film for me is a part two but was made at the same time. Yeah. It's more about creativity and how this is a vital element for humans. And it's not just a luxury. I agree. I agree. It's not just a um, yeah. job, you know. It's not just a luxury. It's something, it's something we... To me, it has to do with yeah, the human it's like condition. Exercise. It's like um, Like um, yeah. Foucault studied this better, but the Greeks used to have like daily common practices that had to do with kinds of meditation and kinds of exercise and things yeah. that had to do with the development of the self. Yeah, that exactly. Actually since the Mind, body, spirit. Since like the body, since the body, <laughs> since the Roman Empire, uh, these things started, started to be erased, you know, mm. because they started to have a more um, empire, organized, uh, functional, you know, yeah. uh, world and society. So they, they took out the good things about the Greeks that had to do with the caring of the self, like in a more multiple way. Mm -hmm. And they just kept the things that were functional in the way of, of the individual being able to function in the ways they should function in a specific role, let's say. Mm -hmm. But some argue that they took out some very essential tools from us in life in society with the democracy and everything but also tools that had to do with the caring of the self mm. that before they were common and now they are luxury or they are part of the social cultural group or yeah. whatever like doing yoga or doing meditation and so yeah um, yeah yeah so that's that's like uh, for me ecology of emotion is a really huge topic and i want to write a book about the whole it's like a research i'm doing like yeah. a phd um and actually, it's been uh, it's been in me. Uh, well, this whole research and interest in emotions and how they how how fucked up our world is with emotions and how we like see ecology with like the environment. How we uh, kind of have to there needs to be something um, on that level as well. Because um, when I was a teenager, I was really into anarchism and like. Uh, well, really into, I was like interested yeah. in that stuff, self-sufficiency. Yeah. And like, I was really going deep in it, like in a philosophical way. I was like, what is it self-sufficient, you know? We need to do that on ourselves, you know? I think that's, that's where it has I to think start. It's, that says a lot. And that is the ecology of emotions to me. Yeah. 
is also connected to Tibetan Buddhism that I've um, I've been uh, studying with Tibetan masters. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot to say, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we do part two. Of course, with uh, <laughs> our previous guest, with Khan, we also have to do part two, <laughs> because you had so many topics that we couldn't cover that it was amazing. But let's do one more thing yeah. that actually comes out of this, uh, giving this, let's say, global conscious body of work, mm. like this ecology, being aware of the how things are looking, and given that things are not looking good for the future, what do you think mm -hmm. future ecologies Thanks for this will question. look like? Thank you very much. So, <laughs> let's <laughs> go. Uh, well, on which level? <laughs> what do you feel um, right now about this? About ecology? I think... Well, what, if, what do you feel like future ecologies would look like? like possible, ah, speculative, okay. uh, since how you feel right now on how things are going? I think actually people are more sensitive to it in a way, whether they want it or not. And I feel that my sense of this ecology is like, um, it's happening in our circles where we are meeting in, you know, in small group, it's more locally based, community based. Yeah. We're making our own parties. I think that is the future of music, um, especially. And Sectarism, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, you know, descaling the whole Des system. Okay. You know? Making more local in a way. Like, yeah, and yeah, especially in, in music, I, I often talk about like having that ecological approach in the music industry. Uh, yeah. Where we like, yeah, like really also like how it happened in the food industry. Um, there is like organic and everything. <laughs> it needs to happen in the music industry. And I think it is happening um, where we much more aware of our neighbors, who's playing next to you. What's, you know, instead of um, always looking up to the idols and I don't know, it's a broad topic too. <laughs> It's difficult to but say, uh, but how's your feeling about this, like the glass half full or half empty in this regard? For like what? For music or for, for ecology? I mean, the like the social cultural ecologies, you know, what we are being able to construct as a society and therefore also personal life, individual life. But do you think, think positive about it or do you feel pessimist? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's why I ask in what level, because... Um, are we, do you think we're going to survive? For how long? <laughs> <laughs> this is a post-war podcast thing. question. Yeah, right. <laughs> Don't forget that. Okay, I have an answer. Our producers uh, ask me to ask this question, you know, it's on the contract. Right. <laughs> All right, producers. <laughs> <laughs> I have an answer. Um, you will like this answer. <laughs> The whole thing, we live in an illusion. Like, <laughs> I know it sounds stupid and oh it sounds, God. and it sounds, just remember that. It's scary know. though. It's like the simulation. Yeah, theory. but no, no, just remember that in a way that is not scary, in a way that is empowering. You think that's possible? Yes. I know, I know, I, I myself, like, um, yeah, leave it. Have a lot of fear 
you know, often. I want to believe you, for sure. But um, we do, you know. We live in an illusion. Like, everything is illusion. Like, just, like, study quantum physics. It's oh, just my God, that's my worst uh, whole like world it's universe theory is there it's like it's an illusion theory. and it's not it's the because one that it's is tangible more fearful for me like it's like ah, yeah but i hope i so hope if this is the case that it's possible to have an illusion but it's also benevolent so i, I went, really want yeah. to hope that yeah 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 but i don't know I, yeah it is uh, i mean it's up to you that's all uh, in that sense it's an illusion because it's up to you to that is benevolent. I went into the multidimensional answer. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Yeah. Right. Okay. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Pablo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>